over the past few years here as undergraduate chaplain, I've had a few occasions uh, to speak uh, in different settings on campus, whether in uh, did an interfaith panel once or, or just being a guest in a, in a class to field questions about Catholicism. And as you might imagine, the questions you get are not always, from our perspective, the essential, more serious questions. They, they're, they're, they're not things like, you know, how do you attain eternal life? And how do you grow in love of God and neighbor? Those are you know, the core questions for us. But rather, they always come back to, you know, why do you Catholics do this or that? And why, you know, why is this or that not allowed? And things like that. And this, these questions are, I think, based on this underlying assumption that religion is ultimately all about uh, taking on oneself a set of rules and restrictions on my life so that in the end I can get rewarded with something from God. And I'm not sure that many Christians ourselves always realize uh, that we, we, we fall into that thinking ourselves. And in that, there's, there's this kind of unspoken tension between the law, the moral law, and our freedom. Law and freedom seem to conflict. Law is nothing more than a constriction of our freedom. And all of these questions about the moral life are contained in the gospel reading today. We hear uh, a unique story about a man approaching Jesus. This was not a man in need of great conversion or mercy. He was not seeking healing, and he was not seeking to challenge Jesus. In fact, he was an upright man who was following all of the commandments and leading a good life. And he asks him, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus affirms following the commandments, which he says he's done. And then it says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. St. John Paul II provided the church a wonderful commentary on this passage. In fact, it was the basis of his entire landmark encyclical in 1993, Veritatis Splendor, the splendor of truth, which called for a renewal of moral theology. Not well known because it's addressed more to theologians and bishops, but actually has a very profound effect on the church to this day. And he frames the entire encyclical around this story of the rich young man. 
And John Paul II says about this in the encyclical that the question that the rich young man poses about what do I have to do to inherit eternal life is not so much about rules to be followed, but about the full meaning of life. And so in these secular discussions that I get to have on occasion on campus, you know, it seems like any mention of the moral life sort of makes people squirm because that, even just that phrase brings to mind connotations of, of uh, restricting what I really want to do. <laughs> but properly speaking, that's not the vision of the moral life for Christians. John Paul II says that the moral life presents itself not as what do I have to do so that I can receive something from God, something good from God, but John Paul II says, as the response due to the many gratuitous initiatives taken by God out of love for man. So God is the one who acts first in our lives. He takes the initiative. He gives us more than we can ask for and all that we need for happiness. And he bestows his gifts and graces in abundance upon us from the moment of our creation. And so the moral life is actually our response to what God has already begun in us. The moral life is how do I act in accordance with this path of goodness which God has already set out for me and desires to do an effect in my life. The Christian moral life, therefore, is about what do I need to do in order to allow Christ to perfect me? What do I need to do to allow grace, Christ's redemption, to come to full fruition in my soul? The moral law is the first necessary step in this journey toward freedom and perfection. Simply because there are some things in life that contribute to our perfection and freedom, and there are some things that degrade and enslave us. And so the moral law is there to get us on that path. But it's only the beginning. In the story we heard today, the rich young man, upon hearing what Jesus is now asking of him to, to sell all that he has and then to follow him, the gospel notes that his face fell and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And in this encounter, the rich man is experiencing firsthand that the moral law is only the first step in this much broader picture 
of our Christian lives. Because even though he was, on all accounts, a good man and doing all the right things, he's now realizing when he meets Jesus that even that, the law, does not perfect us. Perfection is something we cannot attain on our own. And perfection demands a radical interior freedom that only Christ can give. And this freedom uh, consists in a process of maturing so that we can give of ourselves more and more to God and to others. John Paul II calls it a a maturing in self-giving. This rich young man, because of his many possessions, even though he was following the law, he was not free because he had many attachments on his heart that he was unwilling to surrender to follow Jesus. And that's the message of this story for all of us today. Whether it be actual riches or anything else in our lives that attaches itself to our heart, that get in the way, that impede of our freedom, that is what God is calling us to surrender. The gospel notes that before Jesus makes this invitation to the rich young man, it says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And so the call of Jesus, it's not one of condemnation. It's not that we're not good enough. It's that he sees in us a great potential that we often don't see in ourselves. And so his call to surrender to him is not one of imposing a restriction on our lives, but one oriented toward freedom. And so he is simply awaiting our surrender to him, that surrender that will give us the full freedom that he desires us to live in, that freedom that will allow us to attain the perfection which he has set out for us. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.